Good morning, breakfast at Pishanese. We are uh, closing in on the NFL draft, and maybe just maybe we're closing in on some answers as well. A fab five, a final five that we will analyze this morning. If you give me 15 minutes, I'll give you the Cowboy World with the help here of our old friends and colleagues, Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt and their uh, terrific podcast, Love of the Star over at 105.3 The Fan, uh, my old stomping grounds. And uh, let me preface this by saying, none of this is in stone yet. It's too early. We can come up with more than just the following five names. In fact, we'll, we'll toss a couple extras out. Um, and maybe you still won't have closed the deal. I, I don't think uh, eight days out, seven days out last year before the draft that Tyler Smith was on the public radar. I think it was that morning when Mel Kuyper might have been the first to say, hmm, I'm hearing a little something, or maybe he mocked him to Dallas or something. And that was the first time uh, that that got any traction, and that was draft day. So uh, the rumors will continue, the buzz will continue, the scenarios will continue, and maybe even the smoke screens will continue. But uh, between Broadus and Belt, I, I think we've got, in terms of cowboy draft sleuths, that's a hard word to say, sleuth sleuths or is it just hard for me uh to the very best so we will do it within the framework uh of what those guys are saying about a quite possible fab five is the board built in its final stage uh is this more of a discussion item than it is etched into stone no nfl teams boards are not final final yet and yes um we we it, it's too early to to put this in pen so put this in pencil and let's do it this way. Obviously, your contributions are always welcome. Your comments, your questions, and your criticisms. There's the brief on the Super Chat set up for us by YouTube. Uh, if at the end of this program or even during it, you find this to be uh, entertaining and informative, would you please hit the like button that beats the algorithms and tells YouTube to get out of the way of fish nation, of fish heads in Cowboy Nation. 63,000 strong and growing. We will be uh, on Thursday draft night at the Maverick Bar in Carrollton, 1616 Hebron, Water 121, two football throws away from the star. We'd love to see you there. Uh, go uh, go uh, elbow your way into a table. Get there a little early because uh, it's going to be rocking. The Maverick Bar in Carrollton, 121 uh, and Hebron. And we'll see you there along with the, you know, maybe two or 400 of our best pals. All right, now to the Fab Five. And I'm going to rattle off the five names first, and then we're going to dig into them a little bit. And then you guys are going to say, what? Him? Okay, uh, I, don't, I don't believe that uh, Broadus and Belt put these guys in a particular order. But I'm going to put them in my order, Okay. And we'll go five through one. Number five, Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker. And we're going to go back and review. Number four, Steve Avila, the TCU guard. Number three, Darnell Wright, the Tennessee offensive lineman. Hmm, that's a beard scratcher. Number two, Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end. And there's no surprise here. And then the highest rated guy, I'm quite sure, 
on their board out of this group of broadest belt five, Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back. Let's walk through them now. Uh, and uh, along with the understanding, Bijan's, Bijan's not lasting at 26, is he? Is Michael Mayer lasting at 26? Is Wright better than Avila? Is Wright even a guard? Is Drew Sanders uh, too repetitive on this roster, which is what a lot of people think? I I'm going to preface the Drew Sanders part by saying this. There, there are circumstances where, you know, do you need, you want two Tony Pollards? If, if you view him as somewhat of a scat back, then that would be a reason for me to not, and I, I think we're talking here second round, to not draft Gibbs from Alabama. Because you would have two Tony Pollards, and that's not ideal for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, there's, not, not a, there's not a lot wrong with Tony Pollard's 2022 season went to the Pro Bowl. But on the other hand, what about two Micahs? See, the problem is you can't play two Tony Pollards at the same time, but you can play four Micahs at the same time, all in one defense. So using that as a preface to where we're going with guy number five, let's talk Drew Sanders. He is a linebacker officially. Dallas kid demonstrated an ability that, that Arkansas obviously got to benefit from, but Alabama saw it early too, because that's where he started his college career. He can rush the pass. He's 6'5", 240, he can rush the passer. And he can play off the ball. To use the Cowboys' parlance, his super upside would be, oh, he does some Micah-like things, and he does some Thandresh-like things. Pretty high double praise indeed. I do not avoid taking a Sanders because I already have a Micah. I've seen that being written and said a lot of places. I don't understand that at all. You don't want two Micahs on your team? Yes, you do. Again, it's a stretch to say anybody at 26. It's a stretch to say anybody in the planet is, is quite Micah Parsons. But if Will McClay is telling the Joneses, listen, he can do some Micah things and he can do some Vandrash things, that puts Drew Sanders for me on the radar at 26 and obviously for uh, Broadus and Belt as well. That's Drew Sanders. Next, Steve Avila, TCU guard. They clearly have an affection for him. I think they have a, an affection not only for his bulk and his talent and his success. He's wildly successful at TCU. I think they like his makeup as a person. In fact, I don't think it. I know it. When we were at Arizona with Jerry Jones and the owners meetings, and I was quizzing, me and uh, a couple colleagues quizzing Jerry. You can watch this video, by the way. Uh, just search for Jerry Jones Fish Report here on YouTube. How do you solve the offensive line questions? Jerry said we could draft a starting left guard. Well, I don't think you can do that in third round. And I'm here to tell you the plug and play Avila is specifically the guy 
who was the sugar plum who was dancing around Jerry's head when he said that. Steve Avila, TCU guard. Number three, Darnell Wright. What? Now, wait one second. Darnell Wright, by the way, Tennessee, offensive lineman, we're calling him. Uh, this is not a name that has been in great circulation among cowboy media fan buzz. Yes, it is uh, Shadow Wolf and Stag and others. This is a TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And uh, a shout out to Sugar, Marsha, Aunt Marsha who puts all this together, TGIF. Fishers of intellect, says Mr. Stagg. We're trying. Uh, thank God it's fish. Uh, by the way, you'll notice how cordial all the content, all the commenters are 99% of the time. There's only room for three slappies. So if you want to get in your ridiculous, preposterous, trollish comment, better hurry because there are only three allowed per day. Uh, by the way, we do this at 7.20 every weekday morning and on the weekends whenever we damn please. And then Fish at 6 live every weekday night. But tonight, hang tight. Something a little different. Dak, Troy, Marsha, hang in there. We will keep you posted. Get it? Got it. Uh, hey, hit that like button, would you please? Uh, it, would 29 people please hit the like button and satisfy uh, the YouTube and uh, algorithm desires, not to mention my own. Uh, David H., Uncle Fish Premium. Hey, how do I get to be Uncle Fish Premium? Circle in the star. Ask the fellows. They'll show you how. Uh, Mr. Mac, if we sign Dak today, why should it be more than Hertz contract? Dak hasn't made it to the big game yet. David, in a logical, organized planet, your comment and your question would be well advised. Fortunately or unfortunately, that's not the way NFL finances work, especially a quarterback. Using your logic, and it is logical. Wait a minute. Jalen Hurts gets more APY than Patrick Mahomes? Well, that doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't. Jalen Hurts has done nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes, but that's not the way it works. Tom Brady is not the highest paid APY quarterback in football, and I don't think ever has been. Because for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because somebody else keeps leapfrogging. So does that deserve more than Hertz? No. But th this isn't a deserves business. This is all about supply, demand, the marketplace, the timing, the team, and the rest. What has Deshaun Watson done? He's got the biggest and, and greatest and most unique contract of all time. Uh, they, somebody could argue in Baltimore, the reason we don't want to pay Lamar Jackson is, well, he's never won a Super Bowl. No, you've never won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson there. He's he's won an MVP. He won an MVP in, in 2019. I think he was 22. So shouldn't Lamar Jackson get, and we could do this all day. Eventually, the Chargers are going to do this. The day that Herbert 
signs his new contract with the Chargers, I bet you he will be the highest paid quarterback in football, whether it's total value or APY. And then the next day, Joe Burrow is going to sign his, and he'll be the highest paid. Joe Burrow hasn't won a Super Bowl. Herbert hasn't won a Super Bowl. Why does Josh Allen get paid so much money? He hasn't done anything on that level, unfortunately. If you're trying to have an organized, stacked, boxed framework brain, unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. Thank you for the question. Darnell Wright. Popping up on the radar now, thanks to Broadus and Belt. 6'5". Six, 3.33. Tackle. And I think most teams in the NFL think of him as a tackle. 6'5", 3.33. What if Dallas is thinking a bit out of the box here and could see him as a guard? Sidebar. Terrence Steele signed his tender. Today was the uh, deadline day for that. So he's locked in at $4.3 million for this year, but not locked in at a position. Uh, he's the starting right tackle, except that Tyron is now the starting right tackle. So he's the swing tackle. That's a pretty good swing tackle. Unless he's a guard, which he's not. Are they going to experiment with him at guard? Could be. Some people think that's in his camp, think that is, quote, stupid, but it's early. Let's get to the draft first and see what's what. I will note this again, going back to my conversation with Jerry Jones, when he talked about Terrence Steele, not only as a, he, he said swing tackle. So that's Jerry's vision. Okay. But then he also said, and I'm going to have to paraphrase here, he, he's going to play a lot which almost means that somewhere in the Cowboys' minds, they already know that there's an injury issue waiting to happen at Tyron, which sucks, but maybe that's, maybe in the end, Terrence Steele does play a lot of starting right tackle, if you know what I mean. There's Darnell Wright. Number two, Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end. Now, some people really like Dalton Kincaid, and we shouldn't cross him off the list. Dalton Kincaid is the Kelsey-like, and the Cowboys are desirous of that. But then you sit down and watch Michael Mayer, Notre Dame. And he's got some Witten, and he's got some Gronk, and he wants to block. Not only is he good at it, he wants to do it. As I mentioned the other night, one of our scouting buddies says, if this was 10 years ago, at tight end, you th this this guy is the dream guy. Now, of course, 10 years later, you've got uh, a, a different advancement of athlete in some cases playing tight end. But what would be so bad about drafting Jason Witten Jr. or Gronk? Nothing. So Michael Mayer, very much on this list, the best all-round tight end. Uh, not not the guy, not the most, um, he's not Kyle Pitts, but he might be Gronk and he might be Witten. And the number one guy, and this is becoming, in addition to what happens with quarterbacks, which always is in play, 
Uh, Dozoff pitches in $2 just to make his, hey, let's draft a kicker in the first round. Now I can be a slappy. You did it, Doze. Good one. The, uh, the, the Cowboys are open to the idea of drafting a kicker somewhere. And, of course, there's, there's the one kicker from Michigan, Moody, who is the star of all stars. If there is such a thing at kicker. Thank you for the comment. Now we get to the number one story in this draft. Well, you know what? Jalen Carter is a major story. If it wasn't for his off-the-field issues, some sad things, some shenanigans, he's he's he'd be the first non-quarterback taken, I think. But he's got some sad stuff, he's got some shenanigans. He still might be uh he still might go to five uh at Seattle. Seattle does a, you know, the Cowboys think they do a great job with, uh, you know, the, the the troubled guy or the supposed bad apple or the behavioral risk, a second chance Valley Ranch. The Cowboys don't do near as good a job of it as the Seahawks do under Pete Carroll. They do such a good job of it that you never even, that nobody even knows they do a good job of it. Jalen Carter's Seattle makes a lot of sense at five. Um, so, by the way, does the possibility that they, even though they just re-signed Geno, they're in the quarterback, the, the next great quarterback, the next heir, whatever you want to call it. They're in that market, too. So, Jalen Carter, quarterbacks, and Bijan, those are your three big story angles. Bijan is a top five talent. He is one of the five most talented football players in this draft. He is worthy of a top 10 pick. But it's too early to know. Is he going in the top five? No. Is he going in the top 10? I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. If he starts sliding, he's not sliding to 26. But the Cowboys and everybody else in the league, absolutely in love with his talent. And I will close with this, uh, with a reminder, fish at six tonight. I don't know if we're doing it at six. I don't know if we're doing it live. I don't know. Uh, we're up in the air because we got a Dak and Aikman situation. Um, and the Maverick Bar next Thursday. Draft party. Regarding... Bijan Robinson. Uh, now comes a big story about how he's only had two visits. The Bucks. Hmm, okay, good. That makes sense. And the Eagles. And of course, that petrifies you as a Cowboy fan who's watched Bijan play every Saturday. That's a scary thought. You don't want to play against him twice a year. How much do you want to pay to avoid that? You want to pay a first, second, and third round pick to avoid the fate of playing against B. John Robinson? But know this. He only made two official visits to the Buccaneers and to, uh-oh, the Eagles. Don't misinterpret that to think that he hasn't visited Dallas. Because in an unofficial capacity, I believe twice, he kind of knows his way around the buildings here, if you know what I mean. Fish.